Hey there, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Bible and Life podcast. Our goal here on the Bible and Life is to provide down-to-earth, straightforward Bible teaching that's connected to everyday life with the aim, the goal that we should be able to follow Jesus right in the midst of our everyday life because Jesus calls us to live as his disciples. And so on this episode, we want to talk specifically about some things related to following him and to becoming like him and living as his disciple. But before we jump into that, I want to let you know that if you have been listening to the podcast for a while, you probably know that I've got another podcast called The Listener's Commentary and that I've been working on a project to go along with that commentary uh, called The Listener's Commentary Study Hub. And the listener's commentary is basically like a print commentary where I teach straight through books of the New Testament, paragraph by paragraph, in clear, down-to-earth language just to help you really grasp what it's saying so you could learn it, so you could live it, so you could share it with others. And the study hub is really uh, the next step in that. If you want more than the audio, if you want charts, pictures, articles, links to other resources, so you don't have to kind of dance your way all around the internet hoping to find some reliable information, that's what I'm trying to provide on the study hub. And I've been working on that for months, and today is the day. You could swing over to listenerscommentary.com, and you could sign up for the study hub. Up at the top in the upper right corner, there's just a button that says study hub, and then there's a line that says sign up. Click that and uh, put in your sign-up information, and you'll get a confirmation email. So immediately check your inbox, click that confirmation email. It'll take you back to listenerscommentary.com, where then you can click login, and you can put in your login credentials, and boom, you'll have access to the study hub. Um, There's a small cost to that. Here's how I'm doing that. I'm doing that as a pay what you can afford. So if you can only afford five bucks a month, pay five bucks. If you could afford $25 a month to help offset the cost of that thing, because there are costs both of time, energy, and platform fees and everything else. So if you could pay a little bit more, great. And I want to make that as accessible to as many people as possible so that we can all learn the scriptures together. We can grow in our knowledge of Jesus. We can become increasingly more and more like him so that we can honor him in this world. That's the goal. That's the heart behind it. So that's the Listener's Commentary Study Hub over at listenerscommentary.com. All right, we and this podcast have been exploring what it looks like to live a Jesus-centered life. And we talked a lot about what that means. And now the last handful of episodes we have been exploring. All right, now how do we do that? How do we live a Jesus-centered life? And we've talked about the image of the spokes of a bicycle where Jesus is the hub of our life and all the roles and responsibilities we play are connected to him so that we're learning from him and receiving the grace and the enablement from him to live those roles and responsibilities out uh, as much as we can according to his wisdom and his way. So we talked about that image. We talked about that that's not going to happen on accident, right? Like that this is going to take some wise, deliberate, intentional effort. We're going to have to kind of think. We're going to have to kind of look at our temperament. We're going to have to look at our schedule and our life. And we're just going to have to figure it out. Um, and it's not always going to be convenient. And sometimes it's not always going to be the way we want it to be. We're just going to have to do it to, to the best of our ability in the midst of our life. One of the things I've been thinking about on that regard is, frankly, my I've been impressed with my daughter. My daughter is 23. She has two kids and married and... Uh, her kids are three and one, 
And when you have small kids, life is crazy. And and uh, she had really been kind of struggling to find a time to read her Bible and pray because you just don't have a whole lot of alone and quiet time with, uh, particularly with her kids. Her kids just don't sleep super well, so they don't sleep in or anything like that. They're up early. Um, and so finally this year, she just was like, I just got to do it. And so she gets her kids breakfast. And while they're eating their breakfast, she sits at the dining room table and she reads her Bible. And she's, uh, we're, we're in the middle of March and she is halfway done with the book of Acts. She started in Matthew. That's pretty impressive. She just was like, I just got to do it. It's not always convenient. Doesn't always work out the way I want it to. Um, but she's doing it. And that's just the way we have to do this. Wise, intentional effort. How can we figure this stuff out and just in the midst of our current life station, our temperament, our situation, with our circumstances, how can we intentionally try to learn Jesus' way and follow him? We're going to have to figure that out. So we've been talking about these kinds of things. On this particular episode, then what I want to do is just say, all right, what if we're going to take wise, intentional effort... What do we? What kind of plan do we need? What what what's our what's our strategy for then becoming more like Jesus? For intentionally following Jesus in our life, um, we talked on an earlier episode in this series out of John 15 about the importance of living attached to Jesus. And that's that image of those spokes, right? Like abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the branch, or I am the vine, you are the branches. Every branch that abides in me, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That's John 15, right? And so this image of dwelling in, abiding, living attached, this, the spokes being attached to Jesus. Attached is the heart of following Jesus. Attached is really at the heart of what it means to walk by or to walk with the Holy Spirit, as Paul calls it in uh, Galatians chapter 5. And in order to live an attached life to Jesus, this is gonna, there's going to have to be some intentionality to that. It's not going to happen on accident. And so what we're talking about in all of this is, is this. If I could sum it up in a nutshell, we're saying we've got to uh, arrange our life intentionally, arrange our life to live attached to Jesus by the Holy Spirit so that we can become like him. That's what we're after. That's really what it means to be a disciple. Discipleship was really all about living an attached kind of life with the goal of becoming like the rabbi in Jesus' day. So, for example, the beginning of Jesus' ministry in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus calls the 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 disciples to himself. And he's walking by the Sea of Galilee. And it says, Matthew chapter 4, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the sea because they're fishermen. And verse 19, and he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and they followed him because in their context, this is a call to be a disciple of a rabbi. And they knew what that meant, that they're going to live attached to him, connected to him, following him around, listening to him, learning from him. And they're going to live in deep union, deep relationship with him, right? In fact, Mark chapter three, when Jesus takes 
um, out of the group of disciples that have gathered around him, he takes and he names the 12 to be apostles, um, the way Mark words it is, and he appointed the 12 to be with him. Like one of the fundamental purposes of their role at that point in time was to simply be with him. Um, And the reason for this is in their cultural context, the rabbi and disciple relationship, that's the way it worked. You were with the rabbi with the express goal of learning his way so that you could become like him. In fact, in Luke chapter 6, Jesus just in the context of explaining, he's really preaching Luke's version of the Sermon on the Mount there, he just, he just assumes everyone knows how um, a rabbi and disciple relationship works. So he says in Luke chapter 6, verse 40, a student, that is a Talmud in Hebrew or a mathetes, a disciple in Greek, a disciple is not above the teacher, the rabbi, but Every disciple, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. That's just the way it worked. The goal was to to be with them so that you could become like him. And so what we're talking about and living attached to Jesus and living a Jesus-centered life, uh, the aim of our wise, intentional effort is to arrange our life to be with Jesus, to be attached to him, so that we can become like him. That's really what we're talking about. And what that means for us at this stage in life and in the history of the church, right? What that means for us in the world in which we live in is simply this, that we're going to have to put some spiritual practices and some spiritual rhythms in place so that we can arrange our life to be with him, to be attached to him so that we can become like him. So we're going to put practices and rhythms in place to help us do that. And the two key objectives, this is really important what I'm about to explain. In fact, this doesn't get enough attention in some of the talking about discipleship or even spiritual growth and spiritual formation. But there are two key objectives of those spiritual practices and those spiritual rhythms. Here's what the two key objectives are. The first one is this, to create space in our life for, for God and his wisdom, right? Like the goal is to be with him right? To live attached to him. So that's the first objective is simply to create some space in the midst of all the craziness that is life, to create some intentional space and intentional ways of being with him, to to stay connected, to stay attached, some relational space, some listening space, some involvement in his life and he in our life, right? Like where we're doing life together with him. Uh, we just have to create space for that and make sure that's going to happen. Um, and this is just true like with any relationship. Any, any good relationship takes some nurturing, some intentionality to be with him. You hear this, for example, in the common marriage advice that you should have a date night regularly with your spouse, right? Like that's an intentional practice to make sure you stay connected and be with your spouse, right? It's the same sort of thing. Any relationship requires a certain level of intentionality to cultivate it, to foster it so that we can be together. That's what we're saying. We need to put some practices and rhythms in place so that we can create space for Jesus, for God, for the Spirit in our life. That's the first objective. The second objective 
is that we need to retrain our body for the sake of righteousness. And this is the part that oftentimes doesn't get enough attention in our talking about this. But the New Testament is pretty clear, particularly the Apostle Paul, that some, in some sort of way, sin um, gets into our body. Unrighteousness gets into our body. Probably the easiest way to, to think of that is um, through years of practice, we've developed instinctive ways of responding, and we're going to have to interrupt those instinctive ways and retrain our body to respond the way Jesus would. And so these practices and these rhythms are ways of offering our body and the parts of our body to God for the sake of righteousness. That's the way the Apostle Paul puts it in Romans chapter 6, that we need to no longer offer our body and its parts to unrighteousness, but we offer the parts of our body to righteousness and to God. And so that's one of the major objectives of spiritual practices and spiritual rhythms so that we can break the concrete power of sin that that kind of runs almost on autopilot within our body. And so we present our whole self to God and our body to God so that we can learn new habits of righteousness. And the goal of all of this is so that now God can enter into our life through his spirit and make us more and more like himself. This is going to take wise, intentional effort, as we said in last week's podcast. And so we want to put some uh, intentional spiritual practices and rhythms in place to help us arrange our life to be with Jesus so that we can become like Jesus. And the goal of putting these practices in place, right, like the goal of spiritual practices is not to be good at spiritual practices. Terribly important. It's not to, you know, I mean, this is what Jesus is getting at in the Sermon on the Mount where he talks about don't do your righteous before men to be noticed by them. And then he talks about some spiritual practices, giving and fasting and praying. Don't do it in a showy way just to let people think, wow, he, she's really spiritual. The goal is not to be good at the spiritual practices. The goal ultimately is for God to make us like Jesus, right? Like, God, through his spirit, to enter into our life so that we can become like Jesus um, by living deeply attached to him. That's the goal. The spiritual practices are a means to that end. And so you never like revel in the means. Like we're spiritually mature when we're like Jesus, particularly when we love like Jesus. And the reality is, if we're going to be honest, when we say to become like Jesus, we're never going to totally arrive this side of glory. We have to be honest about that. So we're not aiming for perfection, but we can make progress. We, we can be more like Jesus today than we were a handful of years ago, right? We can make progress if we put forth some wise, intentional effort to arrange our life to live attached to Jesus. And the outcome of that then is for Jesus, as the Apostle Paul says in Galatians 4, for Jesus to be formed in us in increasing measure, in a substantial sort of way, so that we are more like him in this world. And again, the reality is we're all starting at different places. Depending on our background, depending on where we came from, depending on uh, our, our family of origin, depending on whatever trauma we experienced, depending on the habits of sin we had before we came into Jesus, we're all starting at different places. 
And so we're all going to be moving towards Christ-likeness at our own pace and in our own way. And Jesus is going to be working with us according to who we are and our needs, right? And so we can take the pressure off from having to perform or having to be perfect or having to compare with others and just live our life with Jesus and let Jesus form himself and his character and his love within us. That's the goal. That's what we're after. So with all of that, here's two questions for you and for me. What rhythms can I incorporate into my life to live attached to God? That, that's an important question for you to ask yourself, for me to ask myself. What rhythms at this stage in life, um, what rhythms can I incorporate into my life to live more connected to God? Uh, what will help me do that? You know yourself, you know your life circumstance, you know your situation. So you're going to ask that prayerfully before God, and you're going to try to figure out some things. Again, we're not trying to be like spiritual practice superheroes and do all of them. That's not the goal. The goal is not to be great at spiritual practices. The goal is to live attached to God. And all of us are wired differently. Uh, all of us have different circumstances and have different needs. And so there were times like, for example, in my life where about a two-year period where I, I fasted once a week, every week. I haven't done that 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 regularly since then. But at that time, that seemed like an important rhythm, an important practice that I could put in place. So what rhythms into your weekly rhythm, your monthly rhythm, your annual rhythm? I have a buddy who for years, part of his annual rhythm was um, he would go to the monastery that's just about two hours away from where we live. And he would just take two days of kind of silence and solitude at the monastery. Um, that was part of his annual rhythm. So what rhythms can you incorporate into your life to help you live more attached to God? And then the, the second question is, what habits or what practices do you need to put in place in your life to uh, help you undo certain vices and learn new virtues? What specific habits or practices can you include in your life to undo vices and learn new virtues. For example, busyness, when our schedules are jam-packed and we're running around like uh, chickens with our heads cut off, uh, that fre frequently, typically leads to anxiety and irritability and anger, right? Like when we are so jam-packed, we're more anxious, more uptight, and we're also more prone to be irritable and angry. So, a practice would be, I need to create some margin in my life and to slow down for the sake of learning patience and acquiring patience. That would be a specific practice. So if our schedule is super full and we're super busy, then we need to look at our schedule and say, how can I practice a more slowed down spirituality and pace of life to create space for God in my life so that the Spirit can produce His patience in me? Um, a, or another example would be like humility. Uh, is a virtue that we might need to grow, right? And and what cultivates that? Well, some things that cultivate humility are things like uh, never minimizing or excusing a mistake that we make. If someone gives us some negative feedback, uh, we will receive it and we won't defend ourselves or minimize what they say. Well, we'll take it honestly, and they might be right, they might be wrong, but we're going to honestly listen to it. Or another practice that leads to humility is just behind the scenes, unnoticed, self-sacrificial service in simple, small ways. We're just going to do little things 
to serve others in Jesus' name without drawing any attention to ourselves, just between us and God. And that can help us grow some humility. So putting into place some specific habits or practices to help us undo certain vices and learn new virtues. The key thing to all of this is intentionally arranging our life, our real life, to cultivate this deep attachment to God and to retrain our our body for the sake of righteousness. And so some of these practices are just standard spiritual practices that have been around for a long time, like Bible reading, right? But that means relational Bible reading with a view to our own life, not as a checklist on a to-do list so we can say we're religious or we did the religious thing. No, we're really doing this just to slow down and create space in our life for God. So it's prayerful, relational Bible reading. Praying is another classic spiritual habit, and we need to carve out space for that in our life. And sometimes that means slowing down and meditating on Scripture to help us uh, learn how to pray. Uh, One of the things I've come to realize is uh, one of the things that's helpful to me Praise and thanks, where I vocalize that typically out loud. Um, so for so many years, I was preaching in a church, and on Sunday morning, usually during the singing, I would try to sing, but I was focused on you know my sermon. I had to preach a sermon after such and such song, and so I had a hard time fully engaging. Not always, but sometimes. And now that I'm not preaching regularly every Sunday, I've realized, man, there's something to be said for just vocalizing my thanks, my gratitude, and my praise to God. Whether that's in song or whether that's uh, just a spoken prayer of thanksgiving and praise, that there's something in that that's good for my soul. I need that, right? Um, or slowing down, like just practicing the, the discipline of slowing. Um, American culture where I live tends to rush, 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 rush. We go so fast and maybe we need to learn to practice slowing. Um, Maybe we need to create more margin in our life. Spiritual friends can be a spiritual practice where we need people in our life who who have the permission to um, call us out if they see us doing something wrong, who encourage our spiritual growth and our spiritual development, who pray for us. Spiritual friends who we enjoy their company, we have a good time together, but they also are like spiritual supports and spiritual encouragements to us, right? So we need uh, to have rhythms that help us live attached to God, and we need specific practices or habits that can help us grow and cultivate specific Christ-like virtues. That's the aim. This, when we talk about wise, intentional practice, that's what we're talking about. Wise, intentional effort means just looking at our life and saying, what's realistic? And it's not like you have to have a huge ton of these. Right? Again, we're, we're not trying to be like superstars at spiritual practices. We want to be realistic. We want to enter into it with an attitude of experimentation and say, what works for me and what works for my schedule, what works for my temperament, and what will help me really live my life deeply attached to Jesus. That's the goal. That's what we're after. This is not like checklist religion where we have all these practices and we just check them off and we pat ourselves on the back and say we're spiritual because we did all these things. No, not at all. Um, We are spiritual when we're like Jesus and when we love like him. And so as we become more and more like Jesus, then we're growing in spiritual maturity. So the question to leave you with really is this, how can you intentionally arrange your life 
to live deeply attached to Jesus so that you can become increasingly and progressively more like Jesus. That's what we're after as we live a Jesus-centered life. All right, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Bible and Life podcast. I'm so glad you are here on this episode. I think this is super important stuff for us to reflect on and think about. And again, if you want to check out the Listener's Commentary and particularly Listener's Commentary Study Hub, you can do so at listenerscommentary.com. All right, I hope you have a wonderful week in Christ. Keep seeking him, keep walking with him so that he can make you more and more like himself. God bless you guys. I look forward to talking to you again next week.